Welcome back to Sell Me, episode four. Uh, this season is about the college business, and I am with my next marketing mm-hmm. professor, um, Graham Austin. Doctor Graham Dr. Austin? Dr. Graham Austin, yes. Dr. Graham Austin. Well, I'm glad we got to do this. Me too. It's Thank a day you. late day late from when I was supposed to post this, but you know, it's whatever. Yeah. We're just gonna have a good talk. I was I've been looking forward to this one. Cool. Thank you. Everybody said that you are outstanding and super interesting and have a lot of good stuff to talk about. Oh so man. Wow, thank have you. To, you have to deliver now. I know, right? Right. <laughs> um so what have you been up to? Are you having a good semester so far? No, terrible. Really? So do you want to hear my sob story? Maybe, yeah, let's go. <laughs> uh, so in February, I was sick with what I thought was probably the flu, but I had gotten the flu shot, so it was pretty mellow. But my mm-hmm. son, actually, who's a second grader, got it, and he had it for like 10 days with like the high fever and you know all of that, so it was bad. And then um, things seemed like they were looking up, and on Thursday afternoon, my husband said, hey, I got a sitter, we should go out for dinner. And I said, that's awesome. So we were having a date night and we were driving towards downtown and a guy blew through a stop sign. Like I saw him coming and I said, he's not gonna stop. Yeah, no way. And Not so, in the snow even, have we? Yeah, no. Um, but the snow played no role in it. Like oh. he didn't even touch the brakes. Oh. You know? um, so yeah, so we got T-boned and I just found out today that our cars probably totaled because we looked at the blue book value and then we got right. the estimate from the shop today. <laughs> The estimate is higher than the value of the uh, car. Yep, that sounds like total. Yeah, so that happened on Thursday, and then on Saturday morning, um, we woke up, and our 14-year-old dog had had like a seizure, and so we had to take him to the bed, and they said he was oh my gosh. done for, so we had to have him put to sleep on Saturday. So. Wow. <laughs> this is a terrible semester for me. It's just awful. Dang, so. and I thought I was having a bad semester. Yeah, I mean, my dog, I know. I've said this to a lot of people, and this doesn't have to go on the pot if it's too irrelevant, but, you know, since he lived to be so old, we just thought he was going to live forever, you know, so. Oh, I totally, I totally feel that. Yeah. I mean, my dog's only three, Mm -hmm. and she's like my entire world. Yeah. My, my girlfriend actually got me framed pictures of her because I'm literally obsessed with her. Wow. Yeah. I think, I think I probably, I think I have like 1300 photos in my phone. I think, uh, not, not just my dog, but I was, (laughs) but probably like 300 of them are of my dog, Mm -hmm. like randomly just anytime, just snap, 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 snap. Cause she's so, she's so cute. So I definitely, definitely, I've lost two dogs Mm. in my life and they've both been like super close. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, luckily, since Bozeman is such a dog town, like everybody has been so kind, right. you know, like you're checking in. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I so. wish I could bring my dog here mm. to class. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I don't know who the owner was, so I'm not outing her or anything, but I feel like the universe was sending me a message because this morning I went into the bathroom and when I came out, the student had it, her dog with her. Was it the Corgi? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Did she give you a high five? The Did, Corgi? Yeah. The Corgi gives high fives? Yeah, if you hold up your hands and she like goes up on her paws and she like gives you, it's actually like a high 10, so. <laughs> like. No, I'm like, I'm getting emotional on the inside. I know. I so, love Corgis. Yeah, so it was a super cute dog and I thought it might be unbearable to interact with dogs, you know, having right. lost mine just Absolutely. three days ago. No, I totally understand. But I feel like he's like communicating with me through these other dogs, like he's telling me that it's okay. Like it's good. You, just kinda... high, you got a high 10 every single dog you see now. Yeah. So. I mean, if you met my dog, my dog would probably like jump onto your shoulders. Uh-huh. See? She's ridiculous, yeah. but oh my gosh, Corgi, corgis are ridiculous. Yeah. If you want to ever see like a six foot 260 black man <laughs> turn into... <laughs> A four-year-old, uh-huh. just bring a corgi around me, uh-huh. and I, 
I lose it. So like I get all high pitched and <laughs> yeah. like start running in place. It, it's it's uh-huh. irrational, yeah. but it's so good. I I love them. Yeah, they're so tiny and they have no tail. Yeah, so they just shake their butts around. Yeah, it's outstanding. They're amazing. We need to stop talking about dogs for, or else I'll be here all day. Yeah. Oh, so <sighs> marketing teacher. Yes. School stuff. Okay. Um, what are you teaching right now? Right now, I am teaching two sections of. Principles of marketing. So the first, oh nice, the first real one. Yeah. God, that class was terrible when I took it. Oh no. I took it that last semester uh, when Doctor V was teaching it mm-hmm. when we still had to do the marketing plan. Oh, uh huh. Oh, I was almost, I almost tapped out right then. Wow. Because yeah. of how challenging it was, or it was bad it team, was or kind of. Uh huh. Well, I mean, there was one one person in my group was an animal sciences mm-hmm. major, and she had to take a business class and mm-hmm. they were like take this one it'll help you out and she had no interest in it Yikes. at all mm-hmm. and everything we did was last minute mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm actually pretty sure we finished writing the plan 30 minutes before we had to present it uh-huh. so we finished writing it and we were I think we were upstairs from here in that in the group room mm-hmm. we finished typing it and as we were finishing putting like the cover page on so we could put it all together mm-hmm. we were just like you're talking about this part you're talking about this part you're talking about this part me and one of my group members ran to the library printed off a fif- like 50 page plan uh-huh. ran back here through like we were already in our clothes to present because mm-hmm. we were presenting that day right and we put it in this little folder we went in threw the powerpoint up and and knocked it out. Whew. We got like a, we got like a twenty four out of twenty five. Oh my gosh! It was ridiculous. Wow! It was high stress. Yeah. It was on Titan straps though. Mm-hmm. So doing oh. doing the local company. Yeah. I've actually seen Cameron a lot since then. Oh nice. But there's no more marketing plan, right? No. Now, so it, it's Lucky. interesting that well, yeah. So some students actually, you know, I always ask them for feedback in addition to the formal stuff that the university requires, and um, some students say they wish that it were smaller and more hands-on. Um, so, yeah. So you kind of take what you can get. But the really great benefit of moving the 325, all of the sections, into just the big sections is that we've been able to now offer like we saved. I don't know how many classes, like in terms of the the teaching um, assignments. Does that make sense? Like maybe. So instead of having nine sections a year, we went down to four sections a year. So then there were like five spaces where an instructor was no longer teaching principles of marketing. Okay. And so we're offering all of these upper division electives that we had not been able to offer before because we oh, freed okay. up the labor in oh. order to teach those additional classes. Nice. So, right. So like Dr. V is doing the um, case competition. Yeah. And he's also doing the um, the data the analytics. Or the, um, internet practicum. Um, yeah. Thing internet that, practicum. Yeah. That's right. And then uh, Martha Jo Reeder um, is doing an advanced sales class. No, she's not. What? Since when? I was when? the only person that signed up. No, so it didn't go this time. I know, so we're I was gonna, super sad. I know. Are you graduating? You're not <laughs> yeah, going to get to take it? Dang. Yeah, I was the only person that signed up this semester, so Man. it got canceled. So, the, yeah, so the timing was weird on that. We were afraid that it might not happen this time. So, I'm so pumped. We're going to try it again. I so, hope so. Yeah. Just take it. Yeah. Because 
Sales is fun. Sales is really fun. I love the sales class. Yeah, she's a fantastic teacher and a huge driver of uh, creating and offering that class is that we have people, she has people apparently, like, if you teach this, we will just hire as many people as you can give us. You know, like, if if you can teach students this particular stuff, it's so valuable. So, um, Well, dang. I know. So I should probably throw one of these classes and then take it next semester or something like that. Yeah. That probably that'd be a terrible idea. Yeah. So have you always you've always done marketing? Did you study marketing when you were in school or? No, not at all. And it, I mean, in fact, it's funny. Like I was not interested in business education when I was in undergrad. And my dad, wow. my dad was an accounting faculty member. Okay. And um, I wound up for three years at the same school where he taught. And um, he would always be like, you should study accounting. You know, it's so great. And my mom would be like, Walter, please. Yeah, <laughs> don't girl, do accounting. Yeah, nobody wants to do accounting. I haven't talked to an accounting teacher yet. Oh. So that'll be interesting when we get there. Yeah. So he was always trying to convince me to study business and I was not mm. interested. So I got a, a bachelor's degree in history. Really? Yep. Um, and then I got a master's degree in American Studies. What? I know. Man, I, I think I'm 0 for 3 on on teachers studying business as, as like an undergrad. Yeah, and that's true. It's true at MSU, and it's true, I think, across the spectrum of business faculty members, right. like worldwide or nationwide. Because studying, so this is something that I think a lot of people don't know. When you get a PhD, they actually train you to do research. You right. don't get very much training to do to teach, like to be in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And so studying business from a research perspective is quite different from like practicing business, like from being a business yeah, person. Being business and like doing business as a job. Yeah, right. exactly. And so, you know, like with history and American studies as my background, you know, like I was really interested in people and I was really interested in stuff. Like when I was doing my American studies degree, um, there was a focus called material culture where you actually looked at the stuff that makes up our lives and makes up culture. And so that is, um, yeah, I feel like I like people, I like stuff, and marketing is like where those things yeah, come together. And people and stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's perfect. Yeah, and so a lot of times like I'll joke and I'll say like, well, I'm secretly a sociologist, you know, who's just right. like got a job in a, a college of business, so. That's really sweet. But I really love teaching business, you know, like I, I love that aspect of it as well. So. How did you realize you wanted to be a business teacher then? Dear old dad comes oh, yeah. into the picture again, so. Slides in there. Yeah. I wish you go be a teacher now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was actually, um, I was having this like quarter life crisis so um, okay. I had gotten married when I was very young and um, I had also gotten my master's degree when I was really young. You know, like I was married and had a master's degree by the time I was like 22 years old, which is... What? I know. Crazy. So you're, you're a genius then. Well... I've yeah, heard. Yes. I've heard. I've Talk heard stories. Talk to anybody. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so my husband and I moved to New York and I got an entry level job at a nonprofit actually in a marketing department, which was cool. Um, but then, you know, my marriage was falling apart and I had moved back to Georgia and I had a a baby in there as well, you know, so it was just like, I was waiting tables and getting divorced and not knowing what I was going to do. But I had all of this like expensive education, you know, that I wasn't putting to use at all. You know, my dad said, just like, just come and talk to the marketing faculty members who I work with because they're doing really cool stuff. I was like, oh, okay. I'll play along. I'll play along, Dad, because you're a lovely person. Right. I'll get to see you and mom. Parent, parents there. know best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
So I went, you know, and I like had lunch with these two marketing professors who were doing incredibly interesting research projects. And I went, Dad, you're so smart. <laughs> How did you know? And um, I had actually thought that I was going to go to law school. So like I had actually taken the LSAT and I had applied and gotten into several law schools. So that like that was my plan, but I wasn't super excited about it. Right. So I went and I just uh, sat for the GMAT. And um, what's uh, a, what's a GMAT? Graduate management aptitude test. Okay. So it's like the SAT or the ACT to get into grad a grad school in business in particular. Okay. okay. Um, so I was living in Athens, Georgia, where the University of Georgia is. I was living there at the time anyway. And so I took the GMAT and I got a good score on it. And so I just applied to the marketing program at UGA. That was the only place that I applied. Um, Cause I was like, well, I'll just send in my stuff and then I'll do the research for all of the real schools that I'm probably gonna go to. But you know, this is like the, the local place. So I'll just put my stuff in. So then like 10 days before the semester started, they called me and they said, somebody from, I can't remember where, maybe from China, we had admitted this student, you know, with a full scholarship and everything, but they can't get a visa and we reviewed your application and would you like to start the PhD program like next week? Like with that person's scholarship? Yeah. So what is going on here? <laughs> so, so you went, before you were 22 years old, uh -huh. you had a degree, mm -hmm. a, a master's degree? Yeah. And... A then husband. You, and a husband. <laughs> yeah. And then you were just like, whatever, I'll take the LSAT, crushed it, take the GMAT, crushed it. We're like, I don't know, I'll just throw this over there and see how it goes. And they're like, yeah, you know what? You, you should have a full scholarship. All of this happened? That is all true. So, so and I'm you able are to a genius then. <laughs> I'm, I'm really good at taking tests. So, um, you should, should share some of that with me. Okay. Yeah. And I really enjoy writing and I work hard to be a good writer. Even like composing an email takes me kind of a long time because I want to okay. make sure that it's, there's no misunderstanding or anything point. like that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so, and I'm laughing now, like it sounds uh, like I had this easy breezy life, but you know, I did get divorced and yeah. you know, I suffered from a crushing bout of depression that lasted, right. you know, for months. Um, and that's been recurrent throughout my adult life. So, right. yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm here Man, making the best of it. But. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks. That's like, I mean, that's a lot to, to do, just do, and then you have to go through the other stuff and you're in here smiling still yeah it's it's that's awesome Thank like you. i'm i'm very impressed I'm like i've never i've never had a class with you but mm -hmm. you subbed in for christy young one oh, day yeah. during consumer behavior uh -huh. and that was that was fun too cool so i mean i, I wish i had, i could have taken at least one class with you along the way well this so is like a I fun conversation really so. yeah and i mean geez that's just, I can't even imagine doing all of that stuff. So I, I just turned 25 mm -hmm. and I've been in college for seven years now. Mm -hmm. I have no degrees. Yeah, but you're smelling the roses. I didn't have a podcast. And, yeah. You know. Yeah, we're still work, we're working on a couple more, but yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that some other time. Yeah. Um, what do you, what do you do like in between class and you know, not class. Like, what do you what do you do outside of school? Essentially, um, I 
read a lot for pleasure. I usually enjoy recreating outside when it's not negative whatever degrees. Yeah, I'm actually a pretty warm weather person. You know, like I think Montana is not my ideal state to live in. I like it when it's a little bit warmer. Yeah, so it's funny, like when I go back to the southeast to visit my family, like I'll get out of the Atlanta airport and it'll be like 90 degrees and 90% humidity. And I'm like, yes. Is that your home airport then? (laughs) Uh, Not anymore. My family used to all be in Georgia and my in-laws as well. And now they've all moved. They're all over the place. So um, that airport's insane. Yeah, totally nuts. It's, It's the busiest airport in the world. Yes. Did yeah. you hear about the blackout that was there? No. They had a full power outage for, I think, an hour or two, and it literally grounded, I think, a million people yeah. or something, like some ridiculous number of people in two hours because it's that busy. Wow. Last year, Bozeman did one and a half million mm. for the whole <laughs> year. And we're the busiest airport in the state. Yeah, the busiest airport in the state. Yeah. I, I have not... I don't... <sighs> I don't remember if I flew into Atlanta. I think maybe once mm. I went there for a family reunion, but mm. I don't remember it. Mm-hmm. But I can't even imagine. Like, it's easy to navigate. Is they, it really? Yeah, and they have like a whole subway system. So you know, even though it's huge, you're not. You know, it's not arduous, really. Huh? Because I, I hear people say that they hate going to Denver, uh-huh. and that's that's essentially like Bozeman and Denver are my two airports sure. that I can't. I can't go wrong mm-hmm. there. Like I, I can get through security faster than anybody else, mm-hmm. and get to a gate faster than anybody else probably, just because that's I fly from here to Denver and Denver back to here mm-hmm. all the time. Like I know exactly how everything works. Right. But people come up to me and like, Denver Airport's the worst airport in the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You go through, you get your ticket, you check, you drop your bag <laughs> off, you go downstairs. I think security. that's the computer, like that's the confusing part, like you the have to levels. Go down the stairs. Yeah. You only go downstairs like twice though. Mm-hmm. No, you got to go upstairs too. It's not that bad. It's like a straight line though. Yeah. You, you go downstairs, you go through security, you get on the train, you mm-hmm. get off the train, you go upstairs, and it's a straight line. Mm-hmm. Like you might have to take a right turn if you're in like <laughs> B87. Uh huh. You do know that airport. Wow. It, yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Gosh. Did you know Bozeman's getting four more gates? I did. So yeah, and that's gonna—they're putting a new restaurant in there too. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. And but oh, I mean, of course you know you work there. Yeah, yeah. I work there. Yeah. And uh, I mean that—that that just means that I'm probably gonna have to deal with a lot more airplanes come next summer because mm-hmm. they're supposed to—they're trying, they're trying to have that finished by uh, the busy season in the summer of 2020. So. Wow. That's yeah. fast. That is very fast. I mean, considering it's taking longer for them to build a parking garage, I don't know how they're going to whip together four more gates. Yeah. And they're going to have to tear up a whole parking lot and expand the ramp and the apron. It's going to be it's going to be serious. Wow. That's that's like a really big project, but yeah. I mean, they're going to have to do a lot of that this summer. Mhm. Because once it comes next winter, they're probably going to not be able to do very much again. Right. So we'll see. We'll definitely see how that goes. Yeah. Um, Anyways, back to the school stuff. Okay, yeah, sorry. (laughs) No, it's fine. Um, I've heard that you are doing a lot of really cool research yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. Want to talk about any of that? Or is it under wraps? No, no, it's not secret. So, um, yeah, so... um, 
I'm doing a project, actually working with an undergraduate student who volunteered, um, and it's funded by the IRAEA, which is out of the econ department, and I can't think what those letters. It's uh, the AEA is Applied Economic Analysis Institute for on Research for Applied Economic Analysis. I think that sounds complicated. Yeah, it's actually so it's looking at regulations, the effects of regulations on all kinds of things, essentially. So I, when I first moved to Montana, um, I like beer, and I nice. saw this map that showed that Montana was either number one or number two in breweries per capita. I was like, it is, yeah. I've moved to this awesome place. And so I did a project um, looking at the, the culture that has allowed craft brewing to flourish here. Um, so I was actually talking about that paper, and or that project, it was actually a documentary video that I made. And um, Vince Smith, who's in charge of that program out of Econ, saw me give that talk. And so he said, wow, if you could do something on the regulation of the brewing industry in Montana, you know, we could give you some grant money to ooh, do that. Nice. So I said, ooh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so actually looking at the effects of um, regulations, because everybody who drinks beer at tasting rooms in Montana knows, you know, like you can only get 48 ounces, you know, mm -hmm. and they have to close by eight o'clock. Right. Um, and so people think that's insane. You know, like that's, it's, it's crushing business and it's not good for entrepreneurship, but the numbers of breweries that open every single year in Atlanta, Atlanta in Montana are crazy. You know, right. like, so there's, one, there's at least one every summer. Yeah. So people are leaping into this business space, even with all of these presumably, yeah, crushing limitations right. on the business. And so that's the, the context that we're looking at. So um, there's another, I've heard that there's another family that's trying to open another brewery, the, the Lairkinds or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. In the old Lairkind brewing space in the Northeast I have no idea. Oh. I've just heard that they're trying to open one. Mm -hmm. And uh, Nordic Brewers just opened. Yep. Uh, Mounds Walking is pretty new. Yep. Is there another new one that I don't know about? There's a new one on the corner of Durston and 7th. There's There used to be like a Subaru uh, place there, and that just got approved to be a multi-use space, and they're going to have a brewery in there. Really? Yep. Like right next to like Recompute? And oh yeah, right in that right corner. on the corner yep. across from the Verizon store. Yes, yeah, that's exactly that's right. That's gonna be a brewery. Yep. Oh, that's dangerous. I know it's in walking distance of my I house. I can walk there too. <laughs> <laughs> that's so bad. So yeah, I can I can walk downtown. So that's already uh -huh. that's already really bad. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite brewery then? Uh, I have a few that are in my rotation. I don't have a favorite favorite. So I don't either. Um, what's that? I don't either. Yeah, but I mean. I don't think that you can buy a bad beer, you know, from a Montana brewery, honestly. You know, there are some styles that I don't like. Right. Um, but, yeah, at every brewery you can find. There's something There's something at every single one yep. here. And isn't Montana, Montana's top five in breweries per capita, right? I think it's still probably in the top three. Oh, so, really? Because mm -hmm. per capita, like, we have the benefit of having such a small population. Right. So. Because um, there's 13 breweries here. In the Bozeman area? In Bozeman wow. alone. And I think number one is Vermont. Right, because they're even smaller. They have fewer than a million people. So. Oh, they still do? Mm-hmm. Dang. Yep. That's that's a lot of beer. Yeah. I've never, I don't think I've ever had a Vermont beer. I don't know that I have either. Do you have a favorite beer, like individual beer? 
Oh gosh, no. You don't? <laughs> no. I mean. Have you ever thought about like traveling and like going and trying beers all over the place? Whenever I travel, I do drink local beer right. for sure. So, um, and it's funny, I got to go to Denmark to a conference last summer with my husband and my in-laws came and you know they watched the dog and uh, oh yeah, also my son. Right. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, it was great because my husband actually looked up and there is a brewery in Copenhagen called McKellar, and so we like you know figured out where it was on the map and like got there on the metro and like went and drank some beer there and you know so like it's fun to seek out the the local places and try the local stuff so I, this seems kind of I'm whispering but you can put it in the pot if you want to that um <laughs> I was really surprised um when I've been in Canada like Canada always seemed like beervana for me you know like it, growing up right. probably because of the the reputation of hockey and beer right but then when i've been to canada like i have not been in love with the the local beers that i've tried but i don't know that i've tried like the super small craft brews oh my phone's going off can you hear it okay um yeah so it was i was sort of surprised you know like but maybe they just got leapfrogged over you know like maybe they were doing it for a long time and then when everybody else caught on it was like a slingshot effect so I, I still haven't gone to Canada, which is ridiculous, because mm. we're so close to Six Canada hour right now. Driving. Yeah, yeah. I haven't gone up there, and I love hockey. And one of the best times I've had at like a bar was mm-hmm. a Canadian hockey bar in Washington, mm-hmm. and we got a massive, massive. It was it was like a pizza pan sized plate of poutine. Oh my god! And four <laughs> pitchers of the of Labatt Blue. Wow! And we did trivia. That's like a dream come true. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. And the, and the craziest thing was our we won, mm-hmm. first of all. We won. And it was for a bachelor party. Mm-hmm. And uh, my friend who was getting married, his soon-to-be father-in-law and his dad uh, recited in reverse order every Republican president, uh... The last ten Republican presidents in reverse order. Was that part of trivia, or were that they just showing off? Oh, okay. That was that was the last <laughs> trivia question. Like, well, who are the last ten Republican presidents? Wow. And they were just like, boom, 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 and just knocked them all out. Wow. It was insane. Oh my gosh. Like, I was just sitting there. I was between. I was like, looking, looking both ways. Like, how do you know these things? Like, that is crazy. I probably couldn't even name the last five presidents, but you know, I'm not a history major. Uh, hey, can I say something about poutine? Yes. I, that, it might be my favorite food, so I am so glad that it's popping up everywhere. I love poutine. Me too. So much. So. Do you have a favorite one in Bozeman, then? Map does a really... Map does good poutine. Yeah. They do really good poutine. Yeah. Have you uh, had it at Barley and Vine yet? Mm-mm. Because they, they do like a... It's like a like a Mexican poutine. Mm. It's kind of, it's kind of good. Mm. It's got like a salsa on it. Uh-huh. But it still has... It's like instead of the gravy, I think it's the salsa. Oh. But you still have the the cheese curds uh-huh. and like the onions and fries and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Hmm. But it's very much different. Like you can't go into it saying like I'm gonna get Canadian style poutine mm-hmm. because it's the wrong side of the United States. Yeah. That's pretty right. Good. It's the southern border, the right? Southern uh, side, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I had to make a special trip when I found out that um Taco Montes had poutine tacos. I was like, what? What? Yeah, exactly. So, um, wow. so and I actually felt kind of gross to be eating like a 
a taco that was stuffed with french fries and gravy and cheese yeah but i after i finished licking my fingers i did not feel a shred of yeah. guilt about it so you look at it and you're like i don't know if i should be doing this and then you're done eating glad i did it yeah exactly totally worth it yeah gonna do it again yeah so you know beyond poutine mm-hmm. um what is if you were to give someone going through the college of business any sort of recommendation as to um, kind of which which option they should pick, you know, mm-hmm. based off of kind of their personality or what they're interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what would that be? You know, like if someone came in, it's like I I don't really know what I want to do, but I really want to go into business. Mm-hmm. How do I pick between these options? What would what would your response be? Um, that's a great question. Um, I feel like marketing and management kind of naturally right. fit together and then accounting and finance kind mm-hmm. of do, but actually accounting and finance are more different than they seem initially. Um, marketing, of course, is awesome because, right. you know, if you're qualitatively oriented or quantitatively oriented, there are fantastic careers in both of those things. You know, like if you're a people person, um, if you're artistic, if you're a total introvert, you know, who likes to sit in front of the computer and solve problems all day, all of those things, um, you know, there's marketing careers and all of those things. Um, so yeah, so marketing is really broad that way. Um, and I think management probably is as well. Um, the management option, our faculty in management teach so like the diversity of classes that they teach is pretty remarkable. Like it's sort of like anything that's related to business that doesn't necessarily fit neatly in any of the other options, management gets it. So, you know, they have this really broad array of expertise there. So, um, yeah. And so, you know, like they've got, again, like sort of the the people focused stuff and the problem solving sort of quant oriented stuff as well. Um, Finance and accounting are definitely more quant oriented. So, you know, if you're a really good mathematician, um, I mean, you don't have to do like super sophisticated, um, you know, it's not like you have to be super awesome at calculus in order right. to be strong in those areas. Um, so actually, um, for marketing research, being really strong in statistics is a super plus, which I think a lot of people, mm-hmm. well, a lot of people think of a, a marketing, they think of like, oh, you're like drawing a super brilliant idea on the back of a napkin and like turning that into a multi-million dollar advertising yeah. campaign. Um, then that can happen, you know, but you know, so much marketing research is happening, you know, like with computers, with big data sets, you know, like using really strong quant skills to kind of sort that stuff out. Um, accounting students tend to be really, really organized. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I always think about it like in terms of like ledger books, which I don't think anybody keeps anymore, yeah. you know, but just like, you know, having stuff all organized exceptionally well and, uh, you know, making sure that everything is in its right place is, you know, like if you like orderliness, you know, then accounting is good for that. Accounting, though, is also good if you want to be like a, a sleuth, like auditing is really fun. <laughs> Actually, it's fun? Yeah. How is it fun? That sounds terrible. No, somebody comes to you with a problem, you know, and they're like, these numbers don't line up. And I, you know, I'm wondering what's going on. And you're like, okay, give me all the Excel files, you know, like, let me look at your books. And then you can go through and you can catch people um, committing fraud, you know, or inaccurately recording stuff where it's supposed to be going, you know, so 
I had the benefit since I think I said that my dad was an accounting professor. Right. So he's done a lot of. Um, he was an auditor for the Air Force before um, oh. he went into academia, and so like he actually caught this guy who had like written himself a bunch of checks in order to like renovate his house and you know like do all this stuff, and um, so that was a pretty fun thing that he got to do in his career. And then like later in life, he's been an. Um, an expert witness for legal cases where it's been the kind of thing like somebody's like I feel like my inheritance should have been this many dollars <laughs> this and many he's dollars. like well let me just take a look at that real quick yeah exactly and then he always you know he dorks out and gets excited and is like oh, let me tell you you know like about and he he preserves the client's confidentiality but you know yeah. what he can reveal about like the the things that people thought that they could get away with is pretty um, yeah so auditing is a lot more fun um, so, yeah I've always I've always seen auditing as in my mind, at least, as you're the bad guy. Yeah, I guess maybe it's forensic auditing, you know, is when yeah. it, it's you get to be the, the detective. Yeah, so. I mean, like we get audited at the airport all the time mm-hmm. for um, like security search mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, aircraft appearance and we got us like a safety audit for how we work mm-hmm. outside and everybody who audits us just sits there with their arms crossed and just watches every single thing you do mm-hmm. and you're just on edge the whole time because you're just like ah this is I mean it's it's literally like safety of hundreds of people like mm-hmm. the next people to get on that plane mm-hmm. it could it could seriously be like 166 people getting on the plane and if you goof off if you don't do it right mm-hmm. and then you're putting these people at risk but I mean we crush it we're super good at it mm-hmm. actually last time that I was there when we got audited the auditor was like you guys did amazing it was See, super good right so as long as everybody's being good at what they do and they're being honest then yeah. auditing is probably really boring you right. know because the point of it is catching mistakes yeah so when you do catch it you know then you're like what you know yeah. you- but just like the demeanor that they have while they're watching you mm-hmm. it it just it's stressful yeah and that's why like being the person getting audited Mm -hmm. they seem like the bad guy Mm -hmm. but i can see how it could be fun yeah i changed my views on it now (laughs) (laughs) um and then i guess for our last question what uh what would someone who's about to graduate um what should they expect going into the business world as getting a marketing degree or anything, you know, what what should you look for? How should you do your job search, essentially? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know that I'm really qualified on how to do a job search um, to give advice on that because it's been so long since I've had to do that. And right. I know that stuff has really changed. Making connections with faculty and staff at MSU and not necessarily just in the College of Business, but like that whole the old saying of it's not what you know, it's who you know is so, it's true and it's always been true, you know? So because we regularly have people contacting us like, hey, can you recommend somebody, you know, like we're looking for a person like da da da. So if, you know, if a student is somebody who has come and seen me in office hours or, you know, had a conversation like this, you Mm -hmm. know, then I I could say like, oh my gosh, this guy Preston is so, you know, such a go-getter and, you know, like so smart and, you know, like he would be perfect for this, you know, but employers take our recommendations really seriously. Um, so that's one thing to consider, you know, it's just like asking people, you know, if they would serve as recommenders for you. Um, 
going to the job fairs, you know, those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. You know, in terms of cold calling, I don't know necessarily how to do it, but we have a ton of resources. And I think the College of Business is really lucky in how many recruiters we get. We have a good reputation, and so recruiters are very happy to come here and invite our students for internships and uh, entry-level positions. So um, that's one thing. Another thing would be to, um, like, sort of, Aim high, you know, like if there's a job that sounds like it's super fun and interesting, but you don't feel like you're qualified, you know, you can send in your your application or see if you could, a lot of times people say like, oh, I just want an informational interview, but what they're really hoping for is to get a job offer at the end of it. But talking to people in industry, you know, and asking them like, what do I need to do? Or who who could I talk to? You know, how could I get a foot in the door here? that's really valuable. Just meeting people and getting yourself out there is huge. Um, if you move to a big city, uh, using an agency, an employment agency, you know, if you're not able to secure a job on your own is a totally legit way to go. So like after I finished school, when I lived in New York, that was how I got the job at the nonprofit that I did was through an employment agency. So, um, and usually um, the employer pays the fee to the agency, so like as the worker, you it, you're not out any money. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, um, so I think a lot of people don't know that. And then I had no idea. Yeah. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, if you have an interview and you're having to sort of like pretzel yourself around in order to like answer the questions in the way you feel is like the the right way to answer them. Even if this seems like a dream job for you, if you find yourself really contorting in order to either fit the the requirements of the job or fit in with the culture there, whatever it happens to be, listen to your your gut, you know, like that's a warning sign that it's not going to be a happy place for you to work, even if you think that it's your dream job. I've had that happen twice in my life, you know, and both times I was like, gosh, I should have known, you know, when I was applying for this position, um, you know, and then in contrast, MSU, um, the first time I met Omar Sheriar, you know, Mm -hmm. it was like hard eye emojis with each other, you know, and then like I got to come to campus and interview with all the faculty here. And I was like, this place is amazing. And like my best friends are people who I work with, which I feel incredibly lucky. You know, it was just like I knew right from the very beginning that this would be a great fit for me. So and I'm lucky that they felt the same way. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Like. Would you would you recommend finding a place that you do fit like that, even if it's maybe for less money than another job? Yes. Because it's probably more fun. It, it makes it more worth it mm-hmm. if you're enjoying being there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, in the two jobs that I had that I had sort of, I'm not going to say misrepresented myself, but, you know, just like emphasized parts of myself that aren't really who I am as mm-hmm. much. Um, yeah. I like dreaded going to work and I had you know sort of like physical symptoms you know like oh my stomach aches or I don't have an appetite or you know like it just yeah it was no no fun at all to be living that life so and as far as like making less money like MSU doesn't pay (laughs) but everybody who's here wants to be here and is happy to be here you know like because it's a beautiful place, and the people who we hire, you know, I feel like we're knocking it out of the park as, in terms of faculty hires that, you know, we hire people who become our best friends. That's amazing, and I think it's really rare, so. 
That's awesome. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think that this facility is insane too. It makes it really easy to actually come to class. Mm-hmm. So that's another benefit cool. of being here. Um, do you think that MSU could benefit from having just like a general business degree? Instead of like being focused on marketing or accounting or something like oh. that, just general business. Well, it's funny because actually the degree that you get, the degree that every student gets is just a bachelor in business administration. Oh. So, um, yeah, so it's funny that you would ask that because when you get your diploma, it'll just say like BBA, like it won't say bachelor of marketing or something like that. Oh. Most students, well, we've actually polled this recently and I think the majority, but it's not like an overwhelming majority, but I, I think that most students would prefer actually to have like a bachelor's in marketing or a bachelor's in accounting rather than the, the general business degree. Um, but I know the management option is moving towards having some different tracks where people are more or less focused on particular fields of study. Um, and so, yeah, but that still wouldn't be like super general. But the reason that we have all of those 300 level classes, like, well, an accounting 201, like the reason that everybody has to take all of those classes right. is to make sure that everybody coming out has at least a, a fundamental knowledge of a lot of the different areas of business. So, you know, everybody even takes like ops management and the MIS classes, mm-hmm. you know, that aren't, you know, those are maybe a little bit more esoteric, but we just want to make sure that everybody has at least some exposure to that so that, you know, like if those terms come up or if they're asked to to do something in their job, you know, they're not like, I've never even heard of that before. You know, right. like they might need to get up to speed on it, you know, if they weren't paying attention in class that day, but, you know, they're not going in there without having exposure to, right. to a lot of business concepts. And that so. definitely all comes back around when you get to the senior seminar class because that's everybody. Yeah, exactly. So and that's I guess it all makes sense now. Yeah, so it's the curriculum is designed on purpose that way that the freshman seminar and the senior seminar are supposed to be like sort of bookends and then for the first two or two and a half years everybody is doing pretty much the same stuff and then you diversify a little bit but then you all come back together at the end. So hmm. it's by design. Even if you can't see it when you're in it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I can't see anything while I'm in it. I'm just trying to figure it all out and pass. <laughs> You'll make it. I know. I'm almost there. I'm on the home stretch. Woo-hoo. But I think that's all. That's all I really have. Uh, cool. Is there anything else that you wanted to add or tell anybody who's interested in business, even if, if they've already graduated? Um, I can't think of anything. But no? I'm delighted that you asked me to do this. So yeah, thanks. I'm glad we could we could talk. I me mean, too. you are a super interesting person. I definitely wish yeah. that I could have had you in class, and I'm glad you had some time to to come talk to me. Well, thanks. Yeah. But um, yeah, this has been episode four of Sell Me, the podcast that will help you make decisions. Um, This has been Dr. Graham Austin, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.